0: Welcome to the Strongstown United Methodist Church. Join us for worship each Sunday morning at 11. Here's this week's message. 12, forty-nine to 56. Just beginning with Isaiah 5. I will sing for the one I love, a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of stones, and planted it with the choicest vines. He built a watchtower in it, and cut out a winepress as well. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Now you dwellers in Jerusalem, and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I look for good grapes, Why did it yield only bad? Now I will tell you what I am going to do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it will be destroyed. I will break down its wall, and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated, and briars and thorns will grow there. I will command the clouds not to rain on it. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the home of Israel and the man of Judah, or the garden of its, of his delight. And he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed, for righteousness, but heard cries of distress. Luke. <coughs> Excuse me. I have come to bring fire on earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, And how distressed I am until it is completed. Do not think I come to bring peace on earth. No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. mother Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret the present time? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In my Bible, it tells me the scripture from Isaiah would have been a song. A song that's a parable about a vineyard. And it's the first stanzas, one and two, is about God's care for his vineyard and his expectation that it would yield good grapes. The second stanza, which is three through six, expresses God's disappointment when the vineyards fail to yield good fruit. The third stanza reveals who the vineyard represents, Israel and Judah. So this is about a vineyard. And it's interesting when you think about it, it says it's a love story, but it's An example when God is using the example of the vineyard, He's talking about the Israelites. So, when we think about that, how does it relate to the Israelites? Well, we know that in John, if I can find this, I had it before, Jesus talked about the vineyard, right. Neither can you bear fruit, unless you remain in me." So that piece of scripture that John wrote down about Jesus' words, his mine's in red letter edition. Jesus spoke it, is about the vine. He used the fact that he is the vine, and we are the branches. Isaiah was using a metaphor of the vine, the chosen ones, the Israelites. Were the people that God had chosen. And I, and I hope you think about this because the more I thought about this, it's interesting. You know, in the Old Testament, God chose the Israelites. Today, we are the chosen ones. Have you ever thought about that? We are the chosen ones today. And I know most of us probably don't have any ancestry to the Israelites, maybe somewhere along the line. But we are God's chosen people. As long as we follow his word. And so he's talking about this Israelite family, the Israelite people, that were the grapes. And it's interesting because when they had grapes and they was in a place where it was a good place to grow grapes, it was somewhat hilly, but the soil was fertile. And it's interesting, if you look forward to verse 10, it says a 10-acre vineyard would produce only a bath of wine and a homer of seed only an epa of grain. And mine says that ten acres of vineyard will only produce one bath which is about six gallons of wine. Can you imagine that? It takes ten acres ten acres to make about six gallons of wine. You do better than that Dave? Uh, yeah I can do better <laughs> <laughs> And it says a homer of seed which is about 2.8 bushels, will only yield one ephah, which is one-tenth of a homer, or just over a quart, a quarter of a bushel. And what he's trying to tell us is no matter the size of the vineyard, there's only a small repayment for what you have done to work to get the vineyard to produce. But yet God was talking about the fact that the people didn't produce because it was bitter grapes. <clears throat> so the grapes weren't good to use. And it's interesting because in their day, they believed that they couldn't harvest anything for three years. Now, can you imagine if you spent three years cultivating, tending to the, to the grape vines, tending to get them to make good grapes, you hope that you have... Good seedlings that you start with and yet for three years they can't take any of the fruit from it and now when they do take the fruit from it it says the fruit was bitter so in other words what's going on is he's using as a metaphor of the people that the people weren't living their lives according to what God had asked them to do they weren't following his word and yet when we say his word This is really interesting if you think about it. That's about how much of the word that they had then compared to we have this whole book. Ever think about that? They had the first five books of the Bible. I've got just a little bit more than five in my hand right there. But they did not follow his word, and they were living their lives the way they wanted to live. They were worshiping the Baals, they were worshiping other idols. They were living as the world around them lived. The pagan nations that were around them were influencing them and were drawing them to their being. Just as today, just as today, we have the world around us that tries to draw us away from the church and draw us into what's going on around us in the world. And it's easy to be attracted by what's going on in the world. It's easy to see what other people, they're having fun out there, they're doing this, they're doing that, and we think, well, why can't we do that? Well, maybe we can, but it depends. Is it something that's okay in this book? If it's not okay, then we shouldn't be doing it. We shouldn't be living the life that other people are living. We should be sure that on Sundays, when the church is open, that we're in church. We should have a desire to be a part of the church family. If we don't have that desire, then probably we're living like the world around us. We're following the lead of the devil. The lead of the people around us that are serving the devil and not serving the church. Yes, I understand there's times when we can't all be in church. There's times when things happen that you can't be here. And that's understandable. Please don't take it wrong with it. I'm not saying it's, that you got to be here every, every every Sunday. But we need to do the best we can at being a part of the church. And it's not just about what we do on Sunday. It's about how we live our lives the rest of the week. Somewhere i seen where it said, if we lived on Monday the way we do on Sunday, wouldn't it be a better world? But we have a tendency to spend this one hour, roughly one hour in church and then we forget about God the rest of the week. And God wants us to be like the grapes that are growing every day, every minute of every day. And He wants us to grow like that and He wants us to be the best that we can be. He wants us to live our lives the way He wanted the Israelites to live. They were the chosen ones, we are the chosen ones today. And other people should see Christ through us. And I often pray that other people will have a desire to have what we have. That they'll have a desire to be in church because they're curious, maybe, about what we're doing, how we're living, and why are we the happy people? Yeah, we all have problems. Everybody has problems in their life. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. We're going to have times when there's problems, but we know that when we have problems, if God is on our side, if God is with us, those problems aren't as bad, are they? We'll get through them. It's interesting when I see people that have ailments and yet they believe in God so well that they don't complain. And that's the way we should all be. We should learn not to complain about our problems. We should live our lives knowing that God will bring us through it and he'll bring us through it in his way, not necessarily our way. So we're like the grapes that, that, that Jesus said that they were bad grapes. The Israelites were bad because they were following the idols, following the other nations and too bad. There's too many people like that today. There's too many people. If it wasn't like that, our buildings would be full. We'd be full of people worshiping God together. And he says that what he was looking for was the Israelites and and the Judeans and the people that he wanted to be righteous. To be righteous and have justice on their side. But yet they weren't following him. So he said they had to be cut down, destroyed, burned up. take away the hedges, destroy the ground, break down the walls, make it a wasteland instead of recultivating, replenishing it. To me, I would think the first thing they would think about doing would be to, to just take out the old and put in some new, right? No, he said destroy it, make it a wasteland. So God was warning, warning the Israelites that if they didn't change their way, and that's the nice thing about Us as people, we can change our way where the grapes can't change and get sweet if they're bitter, right? They can't change. We can change. We have that right. We have that possibility in our lives that we can make things right. We can change our lives from being the people that follow the idols to being the people that follow God. And that's what God is trying to tell us. Live our lives so that we can be the good grapes. We got to be part of the vine and God is the vine. We're the branches and may we produce the good fruit. And we go on to the scripture that uh, is in Luke, it's, it's in red letters, so it's words of Jesus and he says that he came to bring fire to the earth. Fire we could think of that as the fire that destroyed the bad grapes, the, the vineyard. But we can think about that as the fire that they used in the old days, the fire that they would put to the metals, like gold and silver, to take away the troughs, if I'm saying that properly, the bad elements that was in the minerals, so it would make it a more pure gold, silver, or what other metal. We need that fire put to us sometimes to take away the bad. We need to have that judgment so that we can change From having the bad in our lives, so it can be taken from us, that now we can live the way God wants us to live. And Jesus is saying that he had a baptism to undergo. The baptism that he was talking about was the fact that he had to go to the cross. And I'm sure that that was a burden on him to think about it. But yet he obeyed God the Father. He went to that cross, he took our sins to that cross for you and for me that we might have life and have life everlasting sometimes when I think about it it's so hard to imagine would you be willing to go to the cross for people that don't really even love you the people weren't showing Jesus that they loved him only a handful they were living their lives the way they wanted to and today there's too many of us that kind of doing the same thing if we think about it. But he said that he went to that cross for you and for me. And if you think, I love this part, he said, if you think I came to bring peace, no, I didn't. That there would be division in the family. And I think every one of us can say that we know that the division that's going on today in our world, the vision the vision that's going on around us. The fighting, the quarreling, we have it right within our United Methodist denomination right now. And I'm not going to try to get into that from the pulpit. that's the wrong place for it. But we know that people cannot agree on the words in this book. People want to change the way it's written. They want to make it the way it works for them. For what they think. And because we can't follow the words, we can't read it, we can't study it, we can't agree on it, it's becoming a problem. A problem that's eventually going to cause a fire somewhere. I'll put it that way. But someday, we're going to resolve that problem. But I pray that we can be the ones that stand up strong for this word. That we can believe in this word and we can live our lives standing up for it. We know that the disciples, that the majority of them, Gave their life for the word that Jesus had taught them. I hope that we don't have to give our lives. But I hope that we can stand up for the word. That we can be sincere about it. That we can live our lives until until it's figured out. But we have to be God's children. We have to be his hands, his feet, and his face. Because people's going to ask us questions. And if you don't know the answer... Find the answer. Don't try to make it up. Ask God to give you the words. Ask God to give you the guidance. And he will. And if we get that guidance. If we get that understanding of the word. We can live our lives. As children of God. Jesus said yes. He didn't come. He wasn't really trying to create the division. The division is created because of human beings. Because of the fact that we got equipped with each other. It's like politics. I and mean, trust me, I don't want to get into politics. But we know that they'll argue about the stupidest stuff instead of trying to fix things. Instead of trying to follow God's word. We have that no matter where we go. There's a division going on. We need to come to an understanding. We need to come to realize what does this word say and if we learn to read the word study the word pray about it we will find the right answer and I pray that we can find the right answer that we can be the people that God wants us to be amen Amen. Amen. let us pray God you have blessed us in so many ways And yet, Lord, sometimes we we got a quibble just over your word. And yet, we need to understand your word. We need to come together as a community. Come together as a denomination, as a world. But we're too much like the Israelites. We want to follow the world around us instead of following you. So, Lord, guide us through everything that we do everything that we say and help us help us to work together in your word in your way guided and directed by you and for you so I pray that we can live our lives that we are your hands feet and face to the world around us may they have a desire to be a part of your church may we all desire to be all that we can be, all that you have called us to be. May we live our lives in a way that's pleasing to you. We ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ.